there's a ton of positive and negative things, right? So one of the obvious negative things is you can really impersonate other people's voices. But the good thing is Siri can sound better. You can interact. You can have a, I don't know if you saw that Google I.O. demo where they called the restaurants and placed an order. So it can sound like me and I don't need to call Comcast, which is the worst thing a human could ever do in their entire life. And so it can save you a ton of time. And I mean, I even saw a lot of Ray Kurzweil stuff. You can start chatting with people who are dead, right? and have conversations with so i think so much is possible when you have a natural language interface that is so good it changes customer service it changes so many things you can do and i think if something can generate audio so well it also can detect audio better or at least it's a sign of it and so i don't know i think it's really cool mr warnock b-rad how's it going b-rad from the b-log <laughs> yeah no life is crazy every day something new i suspect it's gonna just get crazier until we have ai assistants digest everything for us so anyways we have some cool stuff to go over today should we jump into it let's do it so the first one is bark and i'm gonna play this let me know if you hear it the the model is called bark like clifford red dog or um or bark as in tree bark. That is so good, right? It blows really my mind. Good. I mean, and this is open source. Like anybody can use this. So we have this demo. I just changed it to hello. My name is Chris. Uh, hello, my name is Chris. And, uh, and I like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I also had other interests such as band detective. I forgot what it said. Oh yeah, it said Suno before. And the the interesting thing, let me just create another cell here. I will run that. And the interesting thing here is, is I wasn't even expecting that because when I played the, the Suno one, it had a woman's voice. And so it was smart enough to actually change the voice of the woman. But So you just changed it to Chris and it made... Yeah, I didn't even phone. expect that it would do that. And there's a lot of cool things like you could add meta tags to make it sad. My friend's bakery burned down last night. That's very sad. Now his business is toast. Like it, it kind of doesn't actually sound sad though, to be honest. Like it, it sounds sarcastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she hates her friend. I got a face for radio and like, what do they say? A voice for, um, for print. <laughs> So these are great. I don't know how much was just kind of cherry picked, but I mean, even for cherry picked examples, this is great. And one of the really interesting things that, that totally blow my mind is, so he's speaking German and then he speaks the English, but it keeps the accent. Hey, check this out. Hey Martin, es ist wirklich beeindruckend, dass du nur mit deiner linken Hand programmieren kannst. It's super cool. But maybe you could type faster if you use the right hand too. That's oh, wild, wow. right? That's really cool. Yeah, he was just saying, I, I'm very beeindruckt, like super blown away that you with only your left hand can program. And then it just continues. Oh, maybe you can type. And same with the, she speaks English first and then she speaks Spanish in a English accent. It was as if he had never existed. My grandmother used to say, El amor es como en agua, oh, no puede sostenerlo wow. en tus manos. Yeah, and so I think this one's ready, so. And, uh, hello, my name is Sudo and, uh, and I like pizza, but I also have other interests, such as playing tic-tac-toe. <laughs> so for some reason, she's singing. <laughs> I, like, that, that voice didn't sound as good, but what's so interesting is just changing the name. Uh, hello, my name is Chris. 
It's unbelievable. Wow. Okay, that was one of them. Another one I want to... I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Maybe we can chat about that a bit. I mean, it's incredible. This is an open source project, right? So I guess I just wonder, what are the implications of something like this? Like, how do we see this kind of entering the everyday person's interaction with AI in a different way? Well, I mean, there's a ton of positive and negative things, right? So one of the obvious negative things is you can really impersonate other people's voices. But the good thing is Siri can sound better. You can interact. You can have a, I don't know if you saw that Google IO demo where they called the restaurants and placed yeah. an order. So it can sound like me and I don't need to call Comcast, which is the worst thing a human could ever do in their entire life. And so it can be Brad and verify that. And so it can save you a ton of time. And I mean, I mean, I even saw a lot of Ray Kurzweil stuff. You can start chatting with people who are dead, right? And have yeah. conversations with... Like, so I think so much is possible when you have a natural language interface that is so good. It changes customer service. It changes so many things you can do. And I think if something can generate audio so well, it also can detect audio better, or at least it's a sign of it. And so, I don't know. I think it's really cool. On the potentials for harm, I have a funny anecdote. I like probably a month ago, I told my wife, we need a code word for if you ever get oh. a phone call from me and you're suspicious of the intentions of it we need a code word so you know it's me because this ai could very easily oh, yeah. impersonate us i think there was like a story of like a woman who got a call from her daughter and it was like a kidnapping situation and like they, they quickly figured out the daughter was not kidnapped like they, they she was there Holy but you freak, know she's right next to me <laughs> yeah, yeah luckily luckily yeah i mean i think we'll need in your phone ai that's like analyzing the audio for very subtle things and analyzing the consistency checking location yeah it's gonna be hard cool so let's go into a second one here okay so this is track anything we we talked uh the week before about segment anything so the open source project that that facebook research or, or meta ai released and so these guys built on this and, and and this is why i love open source there was another paper i i will share showing how powerful open source is but this is great they took the segment everything and they they brought it to videos and i, I was looking at what people were doing and it it's unbelievable how good this works. They had, they were tracking Steph Curry and the, the previous approaches take so much time. I think this is going to change just like who is able to make YouTube videos, who's going to be able to make cinema quality films. And eventually a random creator is going to be able to create a movie of the quality of Avengers with the acting. Like he's, they're going to be able to edit movies faster and it's going to be game-changing to democratization of this stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. I think we spoke about this a little bit last time, and I was reading this article about the creator of the show Yellowstone. I've never seen it, but it was talking about how this guy's costs for this show have just gone like astronomically insane, and the studio tolerates it because he's like he's a hit maker. But you know, it's something mm -hmm. like twenty-five million dollars an episode, or or, or to that tune. I'm thinking even in like it democratizes it for the average. Joe creator, but it also could potentially have huge implications for these major studios in terms of lowering costs, because this is obviously a lot easier than, you know, the alternative. Well, I, I think the studios hate it because their benefit or their defensible advantage is they have a ton of money, whereas just some some guy or gal on the street doesn't have that. And so yeah. I think it's going to upset a lot of it. And now
now we all watch YouTube and, and don't really watch the news or, or whatever, I think it's going to be the same with cinema and the same with music. And I think it's going to be great for the world, not great for, for studios. I like that, though. Hey, we can make a $25 million episode for 500 bucks or something. Yeah. Okay, cool. So NVIDIA just open sourced uh, this guardrails framework for chatbots. And I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. But what's interesting is I'm so happy that people are taking this seriously. Like I, I think the six month stop on research so that everyone can catch up is probably the real reason. It's kind of dumb. But I love where it comes from. And I love that people are taking this seriously because I think we'll solve it. But if we're not taking it seriously, then it's going to be bad. And, and we talked about how it's important that people know. But there's a lot of, top, for example, topical guardrails that keep conversations on track, safety guardrails that responds with accurate information, security guardrails so that external third-party applications aren't hacking you. Like if you saw a lot of people, they're creating these fake APIs that AutoGPT can go into, and then they would do prompt injection and, and start taking it over. So I'm happy people are coming out with this, and I, I really do think it's a good thing. I'm not familiar with this one. So is this, that you said they have open sourced this, and this is yeah. sort of like standardized toolkit for for building safety around your LLM. Yeah, exactly. So it does three things. There, there's more of a technical blog to go into more detail, but yeah, it keeps you on topic. It makes sure that what it's saying is accurate and just adds a basic security layer to it, which is a good start. I was playing around with it. It's not great. It, it's very shallow right now, but undoubtedly, every time we see this get into the open source world, then people run with it. And we're seeing something like we've never seen before in the open source space kind of makes and me think about in the future you're going to have the potential i mean now you have the potential really but for anyone to kind of spin up their own poorly aligned as we've talked about before model and maybe with this type of standardized protocol you might see some kind of check or verification that like this model has been its model adheres to these standard protocols and if it doesn't if it lacks those it's kind of like engage at your own risk something like this yeah this one quite juicy. So Google, we have no moat and neither does OpenAI. So my friends sent that to me and I definitely won't say who it was because whatever, but it's someone that I find credible. And so it didn't say anything to me or there was anything just sent this document. And so leaked internal Google document claims open source output. So it's like totally clickbaity. And so I was like, ah, stupid clickbait. But this is what I've been thinking a lot. It's like, how, what is OpenAI's strategy, right? <laughs> because they kind of told, I mean, it was Google who came up with the transformer and they told everyone they're going to do. And now they're trying to be a little more secretive because Google's copying them and all this stuff. But really, I'm like, what is their advantage? Once the secret's out, I mean, maybe if they never told anybody what they have or what or whatever, that would be, we all know how it works. It just, they just have a ton of money and other people are doing it. And so there's a source of like, okay, GB24 grades LLM output. So I guess, it's a weird metric it's gpt4 saying how good are they and so it grades itself 100 whatever but if there's even remote truth to this and i've been thinking this as well open source is going to take over chat gpt and, and google and all these things and and then what are they going to do what's their defensible advantage i don't know i often think about this idea a lot when i'm investing in companies or when i'm thinking about our own company you need to have a defensible advantage and so i would highly recommend reading this it's quite interesting and I don't know if it's true or not or, or what, but there is definitely truth 
to it about this gap closing quickly and, and not really like spending billions of dollars when this open source project that like, for example, what Meta AI released, they released it to the world and it wasn't even reinforcement learning with human feedback. It wasn't instruction tuned, but the open source community just blows my mind. And as I always say, I'm a fan of the free market and this is just the free market glory in, in all its glory catching up to these massive companies. So anyways, I thought that was really interesting. It is. So the argument is basically that none of these current leaders have a defensible advantage beyond the time and money they've already put into it. And by kind of releasing it, they've closed that gap, so to speak. And the future growth, innovation, improvement isn't necessarily going to come just from having tons of money and having gotten there first in a sense, but they conceded that by intentionally or not, I suppose. Right. And the key is is what they have is a technological advantage. And so I think by OpenAI significantly dropping the prices, they were trying to just make it so cheap that everyone starts building everything on top of them. And then they just become the plumbing of all the AI. And then that's a real advantage. That's what's called an embedding advantage. And so this is kind of what, what Oracle does or SAP. Just like no one wants to take out Oracle and SAP. It, it's just so deep in every big company. I think they're trying to do that. Or you can do things like what Facebook did, like network effects or what apple has is network effects and a brand and it's like not clear what these companies have in the future because they have a technology advantage and when you're in a point where your advantage is just you need to every year come up with something better it's not a good business because you're just running on a treadmill that never stops right I guess this is also partially behind OpenAI being less open than we anticipated as we, we've phrased it in the past. Yeah, but I think the good thing is they're way more open than anybody else and them putting this out there forced everyone else to put it out there. So yeah. they're more open AI than, than anyone else. Cool. So Slack GPT, we knew it was coming. Yeah. You can summarize things. It makes sense. Nothing surprising. Just a, a solid home run, a solid base hit, I mean. I think it's not available yet, right? But coming soon sort of natively integrated so you get all this awesome intelligence baked into slack you come online after you know our company we work with people in different time zones sometimes i wake up to a lot of notifications from people that were working while i was sleeping so i can definitely see that's being helpful yeah. I also would love the same thing for all my messages. I think I saw an ad for this somewhere, but I would love to have one app basically controlled by some kind of GPT agent. And it's like, okay, your mom messaged you. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that first. Mom takes priority like or, or why like, or whatever. And it filters all this. And I think that would be amazing. I, I would love that. Apple, Apple, hello. The AI revolution is upon us. You're sleeping on this one. Yeah, exactly. We're just in a field where there's just so much obvious low-hanging fruit it's gonna come out but it's it just like i wish it was it wish it was already up the last one i have on my docket and then i know you had some other stuff again i'm always skeptical of especially from my alma mater or not especially but even though it's one of the best universities in the world there's a lot of science stuff that they say oh we're almost there when it's really far away but this is another thing i've always hoped for is that they would use ai to discover new medicines because that's good for everyone and i thought this was an interesting breakthrough in how they were able to use AI to understand the small physics of the medicine and be able to interpret it much better. So it's a, well, a small step in the grand scheme of things, but I actually think it's a, a big step along the way 
of merging AI, physics, and research together. And in my opinion, this is the one of the most promising applications of AI is can it cure our diseases? Can it make us live longer? And I'm happy these people are working on it because this is a big deal. And it's kind of cute to have messaging like Slack and messaging and, and whatever. Like that's cute, but this is what really, really matters. And this is what really changes the world. So I'm really happy about this and, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Absolutely. And is this specifically about new drug discovery? Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah, I've, I've read about this in the past, sort of how vector similarity search allowed these companies to kind of identify patterns that would otherwise have taken them much longer to kind of identify on their own. Is this talking about LLMs in any way? Or is it just generally speaking, there was a breakthrough with uh, yeah, so what they're trying to do is measure particles, which is important when discovering medicine. And this didn't work because you need a you need a lot of training data to train these massive neural networks. But with these new LMs and, and new neural network, like you'll need a little bit of data to get really good results. And so you can do experiments very, very fast, like saving 10 times the time. And so any iteration experiment you can do faster. Like, let's say you need 10 iterations to get a new drug. If you can do that 10 times faster, well, 10 times faster each loop, which is like millions of times faster, then that's a big deal. Yeah. So not just new d drug discovery, but accelerating drug discovery. That's yeah. yeah. Really cool. Sweet. So we want to jump into kind of, we're continuing on the news thread, um, but maybe we're getting into some kind of more, you know, less AI projects, more media type stuff. The first one is this language decoder that can translate thoughts into text using artificial intelligence. And to me, this was intriguing and scary at the same time, because we're now talking about how LLMs can be used to essentially read our minds. So I would just love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, what's interesting is when I say something or think something, there's some kind of internal experience, which is by definition impossible for you to experience, like what sound sounds like to me, what strawberries taste like to me. But there is a correlation to electrical signals that you can view on some screen, right? So it's conceivable to think that if I'm thinking like, oh, I like Chris's sweater and you train that, there must be some patterns in there. So I think theoretically it's possible and... I often have these debates with my friends about is free will existing, but I think what's happening as we advance with AI and our predictive power of AI, it's becoming more and more clear on a practical level. I don't even mean on a theoretical level that free will, while probably has some operating margin, becomes less and less and less as you can predict someone's behaviors, right? So I read in the back of some book, I don't know, maybe it was Max Tegmark's book, but he was talking about how eventually Amazon will get so good that they will send you packages before you order them. And the economics will work out in such a way that it's actually cheaper for them to just have a truck driving around and you just return the stuff you actually didn't need. And so then you're like, okay, if they knew what I needed, where is like my role in free will? And then it starts to get into like what does democracy mean because we've defined democracy that there's like one person is one element or is how it should be right now we just have politicians who are like career leaders but anyways one person has one vote but if, if it's kind of not that way and, and free will plays a different role then I don't even know what that means for democracy as a, as a whole or, or how we think of ourselves but I don't know I find it very interesting and, and somehow I always wanted something like this I, I always had this idea that 
you and I communicate, we see each other, we hear each other. You can, in some ways, tell what I'm feeling by if I'm like, oh, like you can, you have mirror neurons or, but I'm like, even if it was like we had devices where like I felt your electrical signal somehow, like let's say you had 112 electrodes and then those were placed on me as well. And eventually it would just feel very noisy. But then I'd, I'd start to feel like when you're angry, like it would be like it would be I couldn't even describe it, but I'd be like, oh, Chris is angry and, or, or whatever. And so you can imagine that as a first step, you would just hook up electrodes and you wouldn't need to like decode it into language. I feel that's like an unnecessary compression step, but it can actually just go my brain to brain. And I think it's just accident of evolution that we can experience sight and touch and sound. But if we had like a gravitational wave detector hooked to our brain or we could detect the blood sugar in our body or whatever well that's what we would see and that's what we had experienced and so i think it's entirely possible and very exciting there's two really interesting ideas baked into that one is that it might eventually present this existential identity crisis for people where they realize in fact you're not so special you know we all we all maybe think to some degree like how i think about this and how that person thinks about this it all must be different and we may learn it's not so different and that's threatening in some capacity but it's also somewhat i don't know comforting to know that that people are more similar perhaps than we think then the other side of it is there could be at, at an individual level me to you or or whatever there could be vast differences in how we experience things and it could open up this ability for you to understand somebody else so much better and whatever yeah. mechanism that is i don't know but that's also really intriguing where it's like i really get like if you think about mental health issues for instance and someone who's never experienced those things could maybe understand what it's like to feel depressed or anxious and how that affects people in certain environments and there's a there's a, a lot of potential there there's obviously nefarious potential too if you're talking about reading someone's mind against their will there's like a consent issue there i'm like I talked about you got a dirty mind <laughs> i need to shut up chris's <laughs> i talked about it with my wife and she brought up like torture situations where oh, yeah. like a lie detector almost where someone's telling you something and and you're you know you're using a traditional lie detector which i know isn't super accurate but with this you know yeah, it's a what, what's world. interesting is when as you were saying that I could just imagine like all the Buddhists and Hindus like I told you guys like obviously the like the identity was an illusion I knew that like a few thousand years ago and then we're like okay well we needed to prove it but I think what you said of these I think they're actually the same coin but just two different sides I think what will happen is the barriers of separation will drop and we'll realize that we're all very similar and that killing other people or hating other people is hating yourself killing yourself and it will be the death of something and it will be scary but then i think on the other side of the death like the death of your apparent ego or separateness which is scary you will feel a great love for other people and as you said like the paradox is is through getting rid of that you will actually understand other people because you'll realize that other people are yourself and you'll realize like this like minority i hated this person who is different than me whatever i hate like actually i understand now because i realize we're the same and i think it'd be cool walk a to understand someone walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing but yeah plus ai <laughs> Brain <laughs> imaging and everything. No, I totally agree. It's it's super intriguing. If you had anything else on that, but we, we have no, one more good. to get to. 
So this one's a bit of a bit juicy, I suppose. Jeffrey, it's spelled Joffrey. I can't help think of Game of Thrones when Je- I read the Jeff spelling Hinton, of Jeff- yeah. Joffrey. Yeah, Jeff Hinton. So the AI godfather, as the media has dubbed him, he quit Google so that he could speak out openly about his concerns around AI dangers, specifically that, you know, we're racing ahead perhaps without having controls in place or really even knowing if it's something that we we can control. And I guess this isn't necessarily new given everything that's been going on with with AI recently, but it's certainly notable because of his his stature within the community and his contributions and everything. So I'd love to just hear your, your thoughts on this. Oh, it's definitely surprising. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know him, right? So I'm theorizing, but it seems like it's an ideal job for him. He probably gets an insane salary. He has access to an insane amount of compute, some of the best engineers in the world. He has a ton of freedom. And so him leaving is surprising and it could be because he wants to speak out against safety. It may be because he learned something else. Like, I don't know what he learned and I don't know if it's what he says. It may be, but something big is going on there because actually a lot of my friends work at Google and I already know four of them who are leaving. So why is everybody leaving? Like, do, do they know something? Like, I, I don't know what it is. I, I would say it, but I don't know. Something big is there and I don't know what it is. Like maybe they're doing some really shady stuff there. Like there was news that came out. They were just copying GPT-4. I, I don't know. That's bad, but not so bad. Or maybe they're doing other things or or maybe they're skipping. Or maybe they discovered something insane and they're like, I, I can't be the person who, who brings Pandora into the world. And so, no, it does scare me. And I didn't realize how much it scared me until I started building our own stuff, like working on own foundation model. And I just saw how powerful it was and how sometimes it didn't even need my help. And I always was like, okay, on an intellectual level, we need to be careful of this. But when I experienced it firsthand, I was also like, like, whoa, we really need to be careful here. This could quickly get out of hand. And so I feel it too. And, and we talked about like how we can do that. But anyways, my, my summary is something big's going on. I don't know what it is because I'm seeing, I, I wouldn't say a max exodus, but because I don't want to be sensationalist, but there are people I really respect that are leaving that place. And it's a great place, right? So why are people leaving? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it really well. It clearly indicates something. And I feel... Jeff is being super respectful with the way he approaches it. And he's very calculated in a good way about how he's making these these statements and everything. But I agree with you. It seems like there's something beneath the surface that we don't know. And you mentioned to me, like, this feels different. You've been working in AI for 15 years plus, and this feels different. How easy it is, how well it works. And so the world seems to think it's different. So... You know, yeah, we're in a different place and I think we need to be careful. We need to educate people. And I don't think there's a perfect solution, but I think it should be in the people's hands and uh, there's going to be mistakes. So I'm really happy there's open source and I'm glad it's not some evil, tyrannical government trying to dictate the laws. So it's going to be a fun time. Absolutely. A small part of what we try to do here at this <laughs> humble podcast. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Any other things? I think we've covered it. Sweet. Always fun. Always a nice little highlight tail end of the week. So absolutely, Chris, I hopefully it can solve migraines. Both my, Chris and I get migraines. And I would find if someone 
has is going to do research on this, I will fund it. Like migra- everybody Please. I talk to has migraines. They just suck. So hopefully AI solves those. Help us, AI. <laughs> All right. Cheers, man. Bye, Brad. Bye.